0: Okay, everybody, Vinny Fisher here back with another episode of Total CEO. Hey, it is uh, a great day. And If you're not having a great day, then I'd like to challenge you with completely changing your mind into having a great day. There are blessings all around everybody. You don't, all you do is need to be focusing on those blessings. Well, I actually have a guy on the show today that I think is extremely passionate about that. He's leading with this whole idea of if you really want to create influence and culture, then you got to lead with love. And I love that. I just love, no pun intended, the whole idea of that. And so I'd like to welcome Tim Sanders to the show. Tim, th- thanks for coming on today. Glad to be with you, Vinny. All right. So Tim, we're going to dive into a couple things, but if you could just take 20 seconds here and tell the audience who you are and, and like to get a little connection to you, that'd be great.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I am the co-founder of Deeper Media in Las Vegas. We do a lot of research. We build training programs. But most of all, it's our corporation that allows us to produce content like books and speeches and things like that. I was one of Mark Cuban's first employees at his startup in Dallas, which became Broadcast.com. After he sold the company to Yahoo, um, I went to Yahoo and through a series of promotions, and we'll talk about why in a little bit, um, I reached the title of Chief Solutions Officer. Stayed there till the mid two thousands.
0: Left for brighter,
1: bri- bri- brighter horizons, if you will, and that's when I founded Deeper Media. I published five books, including Loves the Killer App.
0: Love it. And so, if people wanted to, while they're watching us and listening to us, and check you out, timsanders.com is a great place to do that. And we'll talk later about some opportunities you have for our specific community. But if they wanted to go get and check you out and see more about deeper media, they just go to timsanders.com. That's right. All right, cool. That's awesome. Hey, so, you know, one of the things that um, is always Intriguing to me you you wrote this book and it was called um, Love is the killer app Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we hear today in today's community, you know, we hear so many variations about You know this idea of love and how we all get along and what that really means and tolerance and acceptance Why what is your position on why love is truly the killer app? Um, so I spend a lot of time researching the
1: history of the word love hmm. that we use in our culture. Okay. And I use it frequently. It's something I was raised to believe. And I was raised to believe that you don't love people because of who they are. You love people as a leader because of who you are. You build a culture of love by modeling the culture of love, not making people cross the chasm, so to speak. My definition of so hold love- Hold on. You love, love
0: because of who you are, not because That is correct. Of who they are. That's right. Abraham Maslow really
1: made this clear in his research on the psychology of being, right? So he talked about, you know, everybody knows about his motivational hierarchy, right? So we are motivated by the needs that are unmet. But one of the things he talked about that most haven't read about is the difference between B-love and D-love. D-love is deficiency love. I need you. You fulfill me. So if I have an unmet need of D love, or if you're a leader, if you need to be liked and worshipped and followed, that is going to create an anxious, selfish-based relationship. Really, um, works out great in your personal life, but not so much professionally.
0: be it love might not, which man- mean, it might not work out great in your personal life, right? I mean, right? If you have a marriage built like that? Codependence, right? And then, and you don't actually get that type of reciprocated love. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that's leading to this ridiculously high divorce rate, right? I mean, right. so. It might not work out well in your personal life. Well, you know for sure it doesn't work out for
1: leaders. But be love is what Maslow wrote about called being love. And that is a selfless form of love, meaning that you are like a great mentor, totally fascinated with helping the hero you only want the hero to act on the gift you've given him or her you only expect them to pay it forward there's no reciprocity in this way of thinking all
0: right, all right, so i get this right this makes a lot yeah. of- so how do we so i mean i am a- faith is extremely important to me tim and 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 uh, as many days as i screw up practicing it i try to continue to practice and fail forward and you know jesus's primary teaching was love right no one's going to argue. I mean, that's all this is about that. How do you actually, how do, we, how do we help mentor somebody into this idea of, so to me, my marriage of 22 years is um, at the level of its success because I choose to love my wife. It's not a mm-hmm. feeling, it's an action, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we help people to choose the action of love? Like, how do you do that? Like,
1: well, absolutely. So, so when you think about it at work, you know, when you love somebody in a professional sense, what that means is that you are committed to that person's growth and success. And you act on it by sharing those intangible values you've been given, Mm -hmm. your knowledge, your network of relationships, and your human compassion. I think the key is for us to mentor people to understand that you can't lead people you don't care about. If you don't care about the customer, if you don't love the customer, you'll never be able to satisfy them, meet expectations, or produce an outstanding experience because you'll end up thinking more about your company and your process and what matters to you. When we okay, so that's the why, that, right? Yeah. So there's
0: the why of why, yeah. why it's going to be effective. So how do you do it? Well,
1: um, I, I think the secret here is to think about it all in terms of technique. Right, So when I first wrote the book, a lot of people said, you know, I've always wanted to bring my compassion to work, but I've got a boss who says I'm too nice to be successful, to which I responded, nice, smart people succeed. Nice people get run over. If your generosity is not working as a leader, you need to improve your technique. And that's what the whole idea is about is that we have to intelligently share our knowledge, intelligently and smartly share our network based on personalities and opportunities, and intelligently share our compassion. So, over and over again, you have to learn from every encounter. For example, I only mentor heroes. I don't mentor people who are takers, who think of mentorship as a shortcut to success. I proactively look, Vinny, for people who demonstrate those heroic qualities in my company. Mm. They've got ambition. They've got courage. But they're missing just a little piece of knowledge that I've got. And much like Yoda or Miyagi, I give them that gift. But that's the most important thing I've learned about technique. Choose the right people and help them for the right reason. I'm not saying don't love them. Uh, You should love them all, but you should choose who you invest in. And I think that's the distinction on technique.
0: You know, I'll tell you, I want to slow down on that subject right now for a second because people need to hear this. Now, if you were drifting a little, you weren't listening or watching, did you hear what Tim just said so many times in business? All of you CEOs out there, we are chasing everything. Mm -hmm. The reality is we need to really niche down on who we truly serve and who we can truly help. Did you hear what Tim just said? Guys, gals, who are you most effective in helping and who really wants to be helped? Right. If those two things don't line up. Man, go back and look at your time prioritization because you're probably burning a whole bunch of energy trying to help people who ultimately don't even want to be helped, who haven't been to be helped. So what are some That's of the right. things you go through, Tim, to think, fig- what can we do to help our community here? What are some of the things you go through to help identify people who actually are ready to take action, who are the giver, as yes. just give back the words I think you were saying, and if I hear you correctly, what, how do you know someone who's really wanting to actually be helped?
1: So, so in conversations, um, whether I'm gonna share knowledge or network you, share my network, I always love to open with the question, what are you working on, Vinny, that you're excited about? Tell me about your passion project. And you're gonna talk to me. Yep. And when, I'm gonna listen to you and I'm never gonna bring it back to me. I'm gonna to say, oh, I did that, because that ruins these types of exploratory conversations. That first conversation, like a lover, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated on your story. If I open myself up to you, And you share your story with me, it will be very clear very quickly if you're a giver, if you're a taker, if you have ambition, if you're just trying to get through. All the heroic qualities emerge as a person talks about their passion project, the thing they're excited in. So I think that's the first thing you've got to do is to have a real conversation before you invest.
0: Love that. So what about a hero in the making? Right. So yeah. yeah, like what about some, so you like, you can sift through, you have the wisdom now at this point where you sift through hearing early stage information versus later stage. Right. So for you listeners out there, I think what I heard you say, Tim, is you're listening for qualities and attributes that align with character and wherever they are, they might be early stage. They have a mission, an idea, a purpose but they might not be like you and I, they may not be far along into it. They might be still figuring it out. Would you work with someone like that as well?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Although I would say that mentorship's not about the wise old man helping the squirt. I found that in my experience, the best mentorship I've ever had was peer-to-peer mentoring. Up, so I always look for that person that needs the gift and has the power to do something really important with the gift that I give them. But here's two things I look
0: for. I really like that. I really like that, Tim. Can you? Can you? Can we restate that? Everybody out there, if you're a coach or a mentor, you should be helping people that are peers and someone who's going to. Leapfrog way past you because mm-hmm. it's going to help you grow as well, right, Tim? And you're That's empowering. Right. I mean, equipping them who are going to go help more people. Like we're spreading a far greater impact by helping the thoroughbreds.
1: That that is correct. It's absolutely so. Um, if you look at the history of mentorship and go back to Greek mythology where mm. it starts, it shows up in Homer's Odyssey and literature, but in the Greek mythology and the storytelling. In the beginning, the demagogues and humans mentored the great gods. Huh. In fact, there's a great story, um, and this is really good, they call him um, Goat Boy. So the original god, the goat boy Chiron, who's half man, half goat, gives Hercules advice on fighting because Hercules is kind of like too emotional to deal with human beings. Hmm? And so bad, anyway, Chiron, Chiron gives him human. advice on timing, and Hercules is so offended that Chiron gave him a major God advice. He shoots Chiron with a magic arrow to which Chiron begs for death. And the phrase Minos came into being. A lot of people thought Minos meant mental. That's what it meant later. But in the beginning, it was defined as the courage to teach. Mentorship has always been about helping those in power go faster, go better. That doesn't mean you don't mentor the young. But the two things you got to look for here when you mentor the young. First of all, you look for a person of action. I call it the ing versus the ed. That's something I learned a long time ago. You want to do business with people that said, uh, you know, we've tried it. We've failed at it. We launched it. I don't want to do business with people that are thinking about it, talking about it. You know what I'm saying? So you want to focus on helping people that are prone to act on what you do for them, right? And then the second thing you want to look for are signs that they're pay it forward in nature. When I hire people, I talk all the time about hiring hacks. I always love to ask a candidate to tell me about something they volunteered for in their last job that wasn't their role. They did it because they thought it was important. I want to know what they did and how it turned out. It's a trick question, Vinny. Yep. Any answer is a good answer. If they've never volunteered to help somebody in their last job, it's hard for me to believe they're a pay it forward, generous type person. So, all right, so a, Tim, on that point,
0: On that point. Do you think that everybody should be in some kind of mentoring role? Yes. Everybody should have a
1: mentee at all times. I don't care who you are. There's someone you can help. There's something you know you can share with someone else that's on a journey. Mentorship's how you learn. You will never get dumber making other people smarter in this world of mentoring. I, 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 it's I, I, really I, important.
0: Quote of the day. Say that again.
1: You will never get dumber making other people smarter by sharing information.
0: Hi, everybody. Did you hear that? We, we have been told so many lies out there about this, get what we need knowledge thing. You will never be dumber helping someone acquire more and be smarter. I Tim, I even just ruined your statement by adding that extra words. No, I love that it. Is, it's great. That is solid. Like, Let
1: me give you a hack to make that happen. So when you're mentoring, Um, understand that the first part of mentorship is to identify the deficit. The second part of mentorship is to have a curriculum, to have a goal, to have a teaching goal with that person. But the third part that most mentors don't take advantage of is to empower the mentee to repay the gift. I say I never expect anything from mentees, but I humbly accept their gifts. You see, reciprocity is built into us. So if you choose the right hero that's really showing ambition and courage, they likely know things you don't know. So when I was being mentored years and years ago by Stanley Marcus Jr., son of the founder of Neiman's, he would always leave dessert in our mentorship lunches to ask me a few questions about the World Wide Web's development. He would mentor me on retail and CRM, which was important to me at the time in my business. But he'd always let me talk to him about what I've read. And I was so grateful to Mr. Marcus. I'd talk 100 miles an hour. He'd write down books I was recommending. And that's why I asked him during one of the last, lunch is why he always did that. And he said that mentorship has been his greatest continual education program. He Uh, says, I pick the right students. I give them everything I have. And then I empower them to give back to me. And through this, I stay fresh.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, this is, uh, this is the, I love this, Tim. This has been one of my favorite shows here in a while. I really appreciate you. Oh, great, man. Thank you. I, this is the, time tested adage of give first and expect nothing in return. That's right. And and if you pick the right people, you're not only gonna change the trajectory of that community, but you're you're going to be immensely blessed with something in return. And so what you I'm gonna hear, I'm gonna dive deep into your three parts. Identify the deficit, right? That's asking a lot of what and how questions, right? Get to Mm -hmm. understand where they are. Then the curriculum, give them something where you're gonna help them fix the deficit, right? Yes. This last piece, empowering and repay the gift. Now, I want to make sure I understand that. That's not a situation where you aren't necessarily compensated for your relationship. That's allowing for a return gift where they can offer or empower wisdom or knowledge or even introductions or something in return and you don't shove that gift away by saying no thanks or oh my gosh you don't have to do that accept it freely as one of the ways that they're paying you uh in for appreciation of helping them is that what you're saying
1: that's absolutely correct. You got it. You got it spot on. So, so the, the trick here is just prepare a couple of questions. You pick the hero for a reason. Um, the hero probably is in a different business than you are. Maybe if they are at your company, they're in a different role. So just have a question or two. And all I'm saying is give the student an opportunity at the end of that conversation to become a teacher just for a minute. It makes a huge it. difference to empowering them because mentorship works best when I'm not smarter than you mentorship works best when i'm not trying to own you from an intellectual standpoint mentorship should truly be seen as generosity and given with the spirit of humility and, and that's one of the things vinnie i believe about everything we do whether we're mentoring somebody whether we're networking somebody we must be humble to understand that we have little or no impact it's all about what they decide to do with these gifts so what do you see the difference
0: between mentoring and coaching is there a difference so, so the
1: mentor gives the hero a gift for the next stage of the journey The the coach advises on technique, usually about a performance. That's my experience, right? Right. So the coach thinks at kind of a mechanic level. Whereas the mentor thinks at an understanding or a knowledge level. I want you to understand how CRM works, Mr. Mark has said. He didn't tell me, well, um, the next Don't time you you're trying to do CRM, you need to stop using Siebel systems and you need to develop your own page maker. That would be coaching me a little bit on my technique. So it's a fine distinction, um, but that's what I gather.
0: The macro and micro, there's some details that have to be executed. Yeah. So do you find yourself in your relationship sometimes having to assume the role as a coach a little bit while mentoring people? Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: so all of my, um, I run a zero employee corporation, so, and I'm proud of that. So, so we, we have an army of contractors that, that perform all of our business, and I do everything with them over video everything so we like we can screen share you know you know the the value of this yep and i often coach them but i never coach and mentor at the same time usually what's going to happen is in a coaching situation i see there's a knowledge issue like they don't understand the framework of something you can't coach that yeah right you need to stop and say i want to schedule something with you this friday and i want to share with you the framework of what we're talking about. I don't call it mentorship. You don't have to call it mentorship. I usually like to call it a lesson. I want to have a lesson. I'm going to send you some stuff. I want you to read it. I want to have a separate conversation so that we devote ourselves to transferring the understanding because that's what a great mentor does. That gift they give to the mentee is a transference of understanding, not just right, a couple so of take, tips let's and let's techniques. Let's
0: take a quick second here and reintroduce you everybody who's listening or picked up later into the show. This is Tim Sanders, timsanders.com. He owns a company, deeper media. This is all about love mentoring, helping to get the thoroughbreds positioned correctly for excellence. Tim, I love this show. I love what we're talking about. Oh, thank you. Since We're talking about gifts. You had something you want to give our community on a branded URL. What was that? It's
1: timsanders.com front slash total CEO, timsanders.com front slash total CEO. And on that page, I'm going to give you a 5,000 word excerpt from Love is the Killer app so you can read it yourself and really, you know, kind of understand this three point system that changed my life in 1997, changed thousands of people's lives. We'll also have a couple of other downloads there and there'll be a link to an article on the fine art of mentorship, the thing we're talking about right now and that cycle of mentorship we were discussing.
0: Oh, I love it. And the community, take advantage of that. If you, Tim said earlier in the show and you can reverse and rewind and go listen to that, everybody should be mentoring. It's the way to continue to level up. And you know I'll tell you in all my areas of life where I'm mentoring regularly and I am, it is literally the changer in, in, in our in everything that I do. So I mm. encourage if you're not mentoring, you today go make the list and start working on the advice Tim's given in this show. You talk about this big like cloud opening moment in nineteen ninety seven. What happened?
1: So so 1997, right before I went to work for Mark Cuban, I was absorbed with a couple of things I had been studying because my career had been going sideways for 12 years. Not bad, but you know, sales manager here, VP of sales there, just nothing breakthrough. Yep. I was a national champion debater. I was supposed to be a major attorney. A lot of weird stuff happened to me in my 20s. So in 1997, I read two books again for the second time, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. What Napoleon Hill drove through to me is that if I want to get back to championship form, I have to go back to things I was doing when I was a champion. Mm. So then I thought about those college states when we won the national championship in debate, and I thought about how surprisingly generous I was to other schools, especially smaller schools. Um, So that we could compete. I went to Loyola so that we could compete with the Ivy Leaguers and the major, you know, Big Tens and Big 12 schools. I thought about that generosity. I thought about how much I was a matchmaker back in those days. Mm. I just loved putting people together that should meet and disappearing. And I'd realized I'd fallen out of that because I was just trying to scratch out a living. Then I read Covey's Seven Habits, where he talks about this abundance mentality that comes from a deep sense of self worth and the belief that there is enough to go around, enough to share. And it was like, voila, I said, from now on, I'm going to coach, mentor, share, connect with my customers. Every single person I do business with, I will take it upon myself to be their number one promoter. So I start doing it. And fortunately, Cuban has the same philosophy. In fact, his business motto was make love, not war. That literally was his motto when I joined his company in 97. He said, let's go out and save these customers from themselves because the times are changing. He was reading a book every week or more to really grasp the future. And I kind of caught that from him. The more you read, the more you have to share. The bigger your network, the more you're willing to give your network away. So it kind of compounded on itself, okay? So, like a year later, they made me account executive. Then they sold the company to Yahoo. Uh, Six months into Yahoo, they made me a director. They made me a VP a few months later. They made me an SVP. Then they made me chief solutions officer. They kind of had to do it because most of the company was following me at that point. And I had a junior title and I was meeting with senior
0: CEOs outside. So that all happened. Mentoring champion with an abundance mentality.
1: That's right, that's
0: right. It. Yeah, that's what happened. And, and so that's where the Love that, Cat thing came Because from. of this abundance mentality, you couldn't help but promote. I couldn't help it. It just came it, at it you, became, it suited you, right? It, Yeah, it was my style. It just became, if you
1: did business with me, you could expect that I would not give you a do Yahoo t-shirt. What I'd usually give you is a worn copy of a book I read about your industry on your behalf and marked up like a college student trying to pass a class. That would be your impression of me if you were my customer. And I was sincere about that. But guess what happens, Vinny? When you deliver that much insane value, they introduce you to their boss and their grand boss. They bring you in to speak to their whole company about the future. the internet and then the doors swing wide open and a guy like me gets higher profile because people don't get enough of that in the world everybody wants to take and screen them
0: i'll tell you something we're gonna this show is gonna be one of those replay shows i can tell already it's uh great so you you speak a bunch and so you get asked to speak. So if someone really likes what's going on here, I'm sure you have a media or promoter packet. They can find that on timsanders.com and a way to yeah. get a hold of you.
1: That's Oh awesome. yeah, or you can just send me an email at tim@deepermedia.com.
0: Love it. So, I always like to leave our audience with a couple like things they need to do today. What are like a couple things you would say, listen, you've heard the show, I've given you the advice on how to mentor. Here's the first thing I would recommend you go do.
1: I'm going to talk about an investment, an action, and a change in paradigm. How about that, Vinny? Here we go. Number one, I want you to invest in reading one book cover to cover every month. Nonfiction, business, it either solves a problem, it solves a blind spot, or you read it on behalf of one of your customers solving one of their problems or one of their blind spots. You do that, and you will dramatically improve the quality of your conversations and your brand. Okay, that's the investment. Here's the action step. Connect three people every week that should meet. Super connectors have goals. I have a goal since 2000, three people by Friday at 3 p.m. And sometimes, dude, I have to hustle at the end of the day Friday to make it happen. So if you have a goal of putting people together, you will emerge as a super connector. Third thing, paradigm shift. If you change your assumptions, you're going to change your life. I've just developed this idea a few few months ago, but I want to share it. Here's a few assumptions you could adopt that'll make you a happier, better CEO, a more effective leader. You ready? Ready. Number one, I want you to assume people are operating under the best intentions, dealing with the personal struggle. Now, this is important. Yep. Yep. Uh, That that person in traffic that pulls out with you, in front of you, you get mad, you want to have road rage. What if that person's operating under their best intentions, trying to get their wife to the hospital? You don't know the background story. It's so important for us to assume people are operating under their best intentions. So give them
0: the benefit of the doubt.
1: Huge. Second, uh, when you help people, I want you to assume they pay it forward. Because let me tell you something about ego economics, especially for leaders and CEOs. If you get caught up on they didn't say thank you, they didn't give me credit, they didn't cut me in on the deal, you won't be generous because one person, one leper, see I'm giving you a little hint here, one person that doesn't say thank you feels like 90% of the pie. If you let go and you assume they always pay it forward, you'll never burn out at helping and loving people. When There's we have a real paradigm
0: company, Tim, we, uh, you know, our customer service thousands of tickets a day and, and I – um I would make people work customer service just get an appreciation for our customers, mm-hmm. but I also had to kind of bring them back through a decompression tank because you know com- customer service is filled with missed expectations. There's rarely people writing in saying how awesome it's usually dealing right. with expectations, and so this idea of um, you can get diluted with that 90% is so important that you got to be very careful with. It's good to hear those hater things to improve, but if it starts identifying you. Get it mm-hmm. away from you because that that's you're right. Going to turn into that ninety percent stuff you're talking about, right? And
1: you know, on that note, because I like this discussion, I think it's important to read your fan mail often. And to quote my buddy John Acuff, don't give your critics PhDs. So, right. so you should keep the, the testimonials about the people's lives you've changed through generosity or networking. You need to keep them close to the front door of your your conscious mind. And your and heart. Whenever right, you get yeah. down, you need to review them because that's the sunshine that keeps you going. And so it. don't shut yourself off from that. And what's the third one? Well, the the third paradigm is is when somebody's a real knucklehead, I want you to assume that you used to be like that too. Or still. you know, it's really hard for us to remember how careless, how ungrateful how sloppy, how lazy, how procrastinating we all were at some points of our lives and some of this present company included later in life than sounds professional. Too often we come from this ivory tower, we look at somebody and they're not perfect and we judge them. Perfection which is the, enemy, the enemy of love. So you have to assume you are like that too. And it's that. your job to make them better, not to judge them. So those are my three key paradigm shifts.
0: Those are huge. Let's invest in reading. Love it. I'll tell you, I haven't met too many successful CEOs that can get around this hack. If you aren't reading, you aren't, you aren't low- reading. You're not. You're not leading. I like that. If
1: you ain't reading. You ain't leading. That's right. And you know why it's true though. Really quickly, is that when you read long form, you're reading with more dedication. It forces you to learn a complicated construct. It forces you to absorb the science and experiment behind the construct. If you keep trying to lead off blog posts and newspaper articles, you're so skin deep you can't transfer. The understanding to know yeah, people set, in no, conversation. I'll tell you,
0: I've also learned to echo that, Tim, that if you're not reading, and that means you're not leading, then you're not open to being uh, teachable and learn more. Right. Right? You think you know enough now. And so yeah. I think all there's a lot of symptoms that come as, as indicators to someone who isn't reading probably isn't leading. And so that's probably, really yep. action. Connect three people each week that need to be connected. That's awesome. But re- Ridiculously hard what are the what I get yeah. you. you just yeah. got to make a decision to do it And then the last one is this paradigm shift assume people are, are given the benefit of the doubt of their best interests in mind You have to assume that people are going to take the giving that you've given them and pay it forward And you need to also remember that you're just looking in the mirror of knuckleheads, right? Is that what you're saying? You used to be that knucklehead too Yeah, or or maybe still are, right? Yeah, maybe still are. Maybe still are. Don't judge, uh, help. Yeah. TimSanders.com is the best place we can find you. And you gave a gift to our community at TimSanders.com forward slash total CEO. I love that. Thank you for that. I think it's going to be a wonderful resource that our community is going to take a lot of advantage of. Tim, this has been a great show today. I hope you've enjoyed it.
1: I've totally enjoyed it, Vinny. You're great, man. And it's a great... It's a great opportunity to talk about this with your listeners, with your followers on Facebook, around the world. I'm just privileged to be a part of
0: this. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, Tim, for that. That's really true. And we we do see daily impact from this. So uh, thanks for taking out your time to be part of that. Is there anything I can do for you?
1: No, you've done it, buddy. You've done it. Uh, I'm, I'm a hard guy to help. It just happens organically. And we've been helped helped help each other. That's that's
0: great. I look forward to, uh, extending our relationship. We've, we've networked one guy this week with each other. So there we are. We're one down for the week. And so, uh, that's wonderful. Tim, you have a wonderful day and thanks for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much.